the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Rob Black Podcast. Check out Rob every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com. And now, Rob Black and your money on the Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 AM. Here's Rob Black. Another day, another dollar. Welcome into the show. Lovingly known as Rob Black and your money, because it's your money we're talking about more often than not. What's on your mind? Bring it on. I want to hear. I seriously, seriously do. Um, But when we're not talking money, when we're not talking investing in 401ks and 529 plans and uh, insurance issues. Yesterday, I had an insurance expert on to talk about how to make sure you're protected when your insurance company decides to screw you. And I gave an example of my insurance company tried to screw me. And that difference could have been $2,000 or $8,000. And $8,000 is, that's four years of funding your retirement plan. Remember, you're only on this planet for 40 as far as working years from age 20 to 60. So I just basically tried to show you that managing what you own, stocks, investments, bonds, real estate, just as important as managing what you own. Oh, like, you know, mortgages and insurance issues. So you really, really got to see that everything, everything is interconnected in the world of getting you to retirement. I get emails every day from people who are 60. Some of them have $70,000. Not enough. Some of them have $200,000. Not enough. Some of them have a million. Now we're starting to talk. So my goal on the show is to get you a million dollars. One million dollars. My goal is to get you one million dollars by the time you retire. So that you can retire with some sort of dignity. Now, what's dignity to me? Not eating cat food. Now, for some people, cat food's lovely. But for me, I don't want that decision forced upon me. I want to have all the money in the world so that I can make all the decisions in the world that I want to make. I want to have FU money so that basically I can do whatever I want and say FU. I can go to Europe. I can go to Tonga. Wherever I want to go, I can go. I want to have that kind of money. So anyway, that's what the show's all about. Ooh, it's a heat wave on the East Coast. It's kind of fun to see when we're living in the comfort of San Francisco in the Bay Area. 102 in Philadelphia, 103 in New York yesterday, 94 in Charlotte, plus humidity. Humidity is so amazingly thick. I don't miss the summers of the East Coast. I miss the falls and I miss the springs. Don't miss the winters or the summers. The East Coast just, oh, it struggles to during the summers. So you've got what you don't have here. You've got like day, red days. Red days, it's, it's unsafe to breathe the air. It's unsafe to go running outside. I know. I know. Kind of crazy. Anyway, anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. How about a Dutch treat yesterday? Holland won. They're going on to the finals of the World Cup soccer. Have you fallen in love with World Cup soccer? I know that it, it's, it's an amazingly great sport every four years. World Cup soccer is unlike any other sport because it's, it's truly nations against nations. And sometimes it's the style of offense and sometimes it's the style of defense that a, a nation will, will grow. Sometimes it's the ego of the nations. Like Brazil, some people said we're, we're a little bit too cocky, that they couldn't really get together and play as a team, and bam, they're out. So it's interesting to watch. 
interesting to watch, to say the least. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Let's start with a little opening bell action today. Yay! Yesterday we were up on the market. We broke a seven-day losing streak. Today, we're up. Up 148 points, up 1.5%. NASDAQ's up 28 points, up 1.3%. The S&P 500's up 16, up 1.6%. Ten-year Treasury bond. I, I Sometimes I'm going to say things that just appall you. Sometimes I'm going to say things that you're going to say, I don't really get it, Rob. The ten-year Treasury bond's at 2.95%. And if you were to pull up a, a 30-year chart on the... 10-year treasury, it's never this low. It's reflecting low expectations for inflation. That's what it's showing us. Anytime the 10-year treasury is under 4%, I buy stocks. Anytime. As long as I've got 10 years left to live in my investment world, I buy stocks. Anytime the 10-year treasury is at 5, 6, 7%, I tend to buy bonds. So it's that simple. I know you're saying, Rob, is it really that simple? It's that simple. So we have a good day on the market. And again, the 10-year treasury, it's, it's under three. And that's keeping mortgage rates down. And it's also telling me that expectations for inflation aren't there. It's also telling me that I'm going to get a better rate of return owning something like Philip Morris International, getting me a 6% dividend yield than I would in a 10-year treasury. So I got to take that, that, that risk because I only got 40 years. You only got 40 years. Next up, BP. Big story today on Wall Street. It's one of those vague stories. It's one of those stories that's not quite front page, but it's second page. Stock's up again today. Yesterday it was up. Today it's up. We know that the relief well is getting close to being done. We know they're going to throw lots of cement down there and clog that hole sometime in the next 60 days. I don't think we know 100%, but we, we, we assume. Because we keep hearing, oh, the relief well, the relief well, the relief well, right? So anyway, big story today is, are they short of cash? Their CEO is in the Middle East. And I know you're saying, what's the CEO doing in the Middle East in this whole Gulf of Mexico? The whole GOM's going all problematic. He's in Abu Dhabi. Tony Hayward. Amid speculation, he's asking for an Arab bailout. Fox News Radio's Alistair Wanklin reports from London. Tony Hayward met with officials from the Abu Dhabi State Investment Fund that is flush with cash from Arab oil. Officially, the meeting was to discuss BP's existing work in the region, but some speculate it wants to find help to pay for the cleanup. And if a place like Abu Dhabi bought a sovereign stake in BP, it might help ward off a takeover. BP will not say what Hayward's mission is. It says he is not holding out a begging bow, but a spokesman says he wants people to appreciate the firm's true worth. In London, Alistair Wanklin, Fox News Radio. Hmm. So picking up that kind of cash from that kind of Arab state protects the company enormously. If things do get out of control, the Arabs have have and want that oil. I know you're saying, God, doesn't that sound weird? The Arabs doesn't that sound like 1990s, like the evil Arabs have have and want that oil. Yeah, it feels a little bit like that. Hey, this news just in: the Vancouver Canucks they play hockey. They, uh, their arena is called the GM Place, and it's going to be renamed Rogers Arena. Again, sign of the times that companies like General Motors don't really have the, the naming rights that they used to and or they don't want to pay. So financial stocks are leading the way today, and um, it's nice. It's nice. So let's talk about some of the other big stories out there on Wall Street today. As far as temperatures are rising, the whole East Coast is, is a boiling S&P 500 was down 8.5% in two weeks, um, down 5% last week alone, and then you get two days of rallying. 
Now, technically, it looks weak. Fundamentally, it looks cheap. Wow. That's the crossroads we're at on Wall Street right now. Technically, it looks weak. What's that mean? It's making lower lows, and the highs are also lower. So as it's trying to rebound, it's just not getting enough strength. And it goes back down and hits a new low. And then it tries to rally, and it doesn't get as high again, and it gets kind of tired, and it comes back and hits another low. A lower low. So technically, it doesn't look good. Technically, it looks wrong. Fundamentally, when you look at the value of companies like GE, General Motors, uh, Microsoft, Intel, Apple, it looks cheap. So again, it's that, it's that damn economist. Why can't he have one hand? Because on one hand, the stock market looks cheap. On the other hand, it technically looks weak. It's all going to come down to one fight. Boy wants the girl, and the in between the boy and the girl, it's jobs. The one thing that the boy has to do to get that girl to come higher, come on, come fundamentally higher with me, is create jobs. The problem is if jobs stay stagnant, if they don't show any sort of um, traction, or as some people like to say in my life, gription, then it's going to be problematic. So, and again, we don't really expect jobs for all of 2010, most of 2011. So Wall Street's really starting to think, let's look at 2012. So that's where we're starting to worry about Will unemployment get back down to single digits? Will it, it go to, you know, eight, seven, six percent? Or will eight percent be the new norm? Isn't that a, a word play that you are starting to hate the new norm? I'm kind of getting there too. So lots of headlines out there. Um, renewed optimism on one side, technical week. Uh, SP 500 gave back, um, you know, a lot of the gain that we had yesterday. Then in the last 30 minutes, there was a big buy and rally. There's not a lot of volume on Wall Street right now. So anything that happens is, I'm not going to say it's not real, but there's not a, a real allowed of conviction on it. Money, you know, you've heard the phrase, put your money where your mouth is. That's the same thing on Wall Street. Not a lot of volume. There's not a lot of people making bets up. There's not a lot of people making bets down. So with that said, you know, it's we're in a summer of discontent right now. We're in a summer that's problematic. We're in a summer of, you know, let's get a good, great white shark story going. Because what's happening on Wall Street ain't that they ain't that compelling. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I promise today I'm going to go to Facebook, and I'm going to hit my group page, I Hate Rob Black. I hate Rob Black at the group page. Um, on top of that, I'm going to update a blog today at the Talk 910 website. There's so many ways to, to interact with this show. It's so 21st century. Talk910.com, Talk910.com, or the Facebook page is um, I Hate Rob Black. So you have to log in here on Facebook. Don't try to befriend me. Just hit groups and and search for I Hate Rob Black, and it's free to join up, and uh, it's free to post messages there as well. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's Rob Black, your money, 910 AM. The Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 AM. And now, Rob Black and your money. It's Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Part of the things that intersect in our world of money, investing, politics. Big story out today about Meg Whitman, as well as Jerry Brown, in the race for the governor of California. Now, you got to know that the governor of California is a Pretty interesting position as far as the way it plays out on the state. Our budget, our situations like Prop 13, you know, 
One thing you can look at in the United States is Europe. And you can see we can learn a lot from what's happening in Europe. And some of the things that have been promised, sometimes we've got to go back and say, we've now changed our mind. For instance, we've recently seen in France that they've re- raised the retirement age by two years to where you can get retirement and where you can get Social Security. So the people who are retired, they don't care. The people who are approaching retirement, they care. And the 20-year-old kids, they're pissed. They're pissed. And again, once was promised, you can retire at the age of 60. Now it's now you got to retire at the age of 62. Spain once was promised that if you go into the workforce, you won't get fired, or it'll be tough for you to get fired. Now they've changed the rules. The state of California's kind of got the same thing going on. We've promised a lot of things, and we are going to have to take some of them back. Kind of sucks. I remember when I was once thinking about the KGB and as in high school, and I had to give a report on the KGB and tried to explain them. And the whole idea was that I came up with this idea about called the Cookie Grabbers Bureau. And, you know, I, it wasn't the best analogy, but, you know, you get a cookie if you're good. You get a cookie if you're good. Oh, no, 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 you're not good. I'm going to take it away from you. So we kind of got that going on here in California where a lot of retirees, and the one thing I can tell you in the last 15 months of doing this show is that retirees are, are adamant. They are protective of Prop 13. But I could tell you, it's one of those things that we promise that we can't really afford. Now, again, you'll hear the retirees instantly light up the phone lines and go, arr, 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 cut spending, arr, 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 cut spending. But it's, no one's willing to cut spending. So we got a, a little bit of a problem. So we're going to have to cut what we promise. So you're already starting to see that with firefighters and teachers where they have to fund more of the retirement. Where once it was like, hey, if you come do this noble job, we'll take care of your retirement free and clear. Now it's, well, some of your money does have to go into that. And as the years march on, more and more of your money is going to have to go into that. Oh, and by the way, that free and clear health care that we promised, the more and more that's going to go away. So so who's the governor? Pretty big decision. Meg Whitman, the former eBay chief executive officer and her Democratic rival, Jerry Brown, statistically tied in the race right now for California's governor. Now, Brown's 72 years old. Me, personally, I'm a little freaked out seeing Brown, a 72-year-old person, potentially running our, our state. Now, again, that's that's just ageism, right? That's just wrong on so many levels. He's already been governor of the state from 75 to 83, and now he's serving as an attorney general. He's statistically insignificant at this point in time, his lead over Meg Whitman, 44% to 43%. So that's according to a new field poll that was released today. Now, Whitman's 53, and she's worked in the business industry. I kind of like that. Now, some things that I don't like about Whitman is her political experience is, is nominal. Her, her deep pockets, we love you, Meg, in radio and television because you're buying a lot of advertising. But that's what she's doing. She's buying an election. So it's an incredibly close race. And the two are vying to replace Arnold Schwarzenegger, which, again, what a great joke it was five, six years ago. Like our governor, the governator. But he's, he's done a respectable job in a state that's ungovernable, according to many inside Washington, according to many inside the state of California, Chuck Reed, mayor out of San Jose, said, I will never run for governor. And people love Chuck Reed. He's a Democrat. People don't really know that he's a Democrat. People love him for what he does with small businesses. Um, He said, I'll never run for governor of California. In large part, it's ungovernable. So the winner of the November election is going to inherit a state trying to climb out of its worst fiscal crisis since the Great Depression, where the housing bubble burst in 2006, where the dot-com bubble burst in 2000. The dot-com bubble 
helped fuel a lot of wealth, but it also helped fuel a lot of home prices. Now, those home prices have stabilized, neutralized, and or gone down, and people can't go and refi their home and go buy a car. People can't refi their home and go buy windows. So it's, it's, it's a problem. So the winner of the November elections can inherit a state that's trying to really claw out of these two back-to-back problems. The governor and the legislature are in a stalemate on how to erase a resurgent $19 billion deficit. $19 billion. Whitman's poured $90 million of her own money in the gubernatorial bid. It's almost like if, instead of spending all that money on commercials, we'll let you play governor for two years if you if you help pay down our debt. That would be a, a nicer compromise instead of the, the crazy spending that we've seen. So a lot of polls are going to happen during this race. And the state of California, it once was the sixth largest economy in the world. Now I think it's the eighth largest economy in the world. Brown and the Democrats are attacking Whitman right now for her role formerly as, you know, a director of, of Goldman Sachs. I kind of like that she was involved in the Wall Street mess up and screw up. I like I kind of like the fact that she's got some experience out there and she sees how bad it can run and how bad it can get. It does. Uh, did she profit enormously from it? Yes, 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 yes. Did she profit um, unfairly? I think you would have profited just the same if you would put yourself in that position. So anyway, Brown said he's not going to raise taxes without voter support, and he's emphasized his government experience. A lawyer and former California Secretary of State, he also served two terms as mayor of Oakland before becoming attorney general in 2006. You know, former Governor Edmund Pat Brown uh, served from 59 to 67. It's a family of politicians. So again, I don't know. I don't know if I have the right answer. Do we want someone who's unskilled, unqualified, and... Well, I mean, a lot like Meg Whitman. Do you remember when George Bush was running for president 10 years ago? He basically said, I'm going to run the country as an executive. I've run oil companies before, and people scoffed because some of the oil companies that he had ran actually ran out of business. Um, I'm a little worried that Meg Whitman's going to run California as an executive or as a business person. But then again, on the other hand, I'm kind of worried about Pat. I'm kind of worried about, um, you know, Governor Brown uh, coming back in, Jerry Brown coming back in, Governor Moonbeam, which is pretty funny. So I'll let you know this uh, because you'll you'll appreciate this. For those of you native Californians, i.e. the people who don't ever go east of um, the Rockies, which is kind of funny. Native Californians go to Mexico and Hawaii. They will never go east of the Rockies. They don't want to. They think people in the east of the Rockies use outhouses and things like that. But the whole east coast finds California laughable and funny uh, because of situations like Jerry Brown and his governor moonbeam angles from the past. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Um, let's tie back one more concept. Do you know we're talking about British Petroleum, how their CEO is right now meeting with leaders in Abu Dhabi about uh, potentially getting an investment from a sovereign state, a big oil nation? Well, there's a bit another story that's starting to develop, and you're starting to see oil rigs leave the Gulf. And that's one of the, the unintended consequences of what's going on here. So they're, they're pulling their, their, their drills back up, and they're leaving the Gulf, small companies particularly. So who's going to be able to drill in the Gulf of Mexico in the future? It's going to be the big boys. In large part, Congress is clamoring. They want to lift the cap on oil spill liabilities, and that's gaining steam in Washington. Potentially that would cause all smaller offshore players to go to leave. Ultimately, insurance costs have already risen by about 50% year over year in order to be an oil driller in the Gulf. So the smaller players are going to be driven out. Competitions will be driven out. So on one hand, 
we want to do what's right and we want to monitor it a little bit more. We want a little bit more government regulation in the Gulf of Mexico. On the other hand, the smaller players are going to leave. Competition's going to leave. And the big players, they're going to have, you know, the right to say what they want to say. And again, we get oil in a variety of places. We get it from the north in Canada. We get it from the Gulf. We get a little bit from Alaska. Small amount. But we get a majority of it shipped to us from Saudi Arabia. So the Gulf is important to the United States to help keep gas prices down. And if we're going to see the smaller players leave and the bigger players stay, the bigger players are going to say, you know, look, wow, our insurance costs have gone up. And they're going to control all of it. And that all that control is going to make equal higher gas prices, higher oil prices for us. So the smaller players being forced out because of the liability issues tied to the Gulf of Mexico. And again, you and I could both see it and we could say, I understand it. Doesn't mean it's the right thing, though. I hate to throw that out there. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. Rob Black and Your Money. Coming up, I'm going to go to Facebook and see what sort of comments you've got there. Some emails as well. A little bit of business time maybe in the next segment. But right around the corner, we got the business of sports. Brought to you by Bloomberg. Rob Black and Your Money, 910 AM. Your exclusive home for Fox News Radio. This is Rob Black and Your Money on the Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 AM. And now, Rob Black. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. I mix in tons of content. Tons of content. But sometimes it's a little bit stock. Sometimes it's a little bit, you know... What's happened in the World Cup? Sometimes it's a little bit about technology and some of the players out there. For instance, I saw that Microsoft has probably pulled in now over a billion dollars in sales tied towards their Xbox Live. It used to be that you'd make a piece of hardware, a console, and that was it. Now you sell a console, but you also sell the games. and You sell downloads and extra maps and, and movies. So it, it's tough to qualify or quantify these companies at times, right? For instance, is Apple? What is Apple? Are they a computer company? Or are they a music company? I mean, when I was growing up, you'd go to Tower Records, and while you were flipping through records, you'd look for cute girls, and cute girls would flip through records and look for cute guys. Um, Now we just go to iTunes, and we download what we want. There's no Tower Records. Why pay rent when, well, that business model just doesn't work? So how do you qualify, and how, how do you say Microsoft is this, or Microsoft is that, or Apple is this, and Apple is that? For instance, you know, Apple wants to set up a subscription service for you to get 30 bucks a month unlimited TV shows. That happens. I'm done with cable. Still not quite there. So Hulu's not quite enough for me because it doesn't have the HBO and Showtime. Um, that $9.99 service is, is pretty damn good. It's pretty darn good. Netflix not quite enough for me at nine ninety nine a month for unlimited you know downloads of old TV shows and old movies not quite good enough. So you're starting to see the Microsofts and the Sony PlayStation threes jump in and, and fill a huge void in the world as far as more content on their services. And again, Microsoft is is pulling in a billion dollars revenue now on downloads. What are they? Are they a download company? Are they a software company? Are they an operating system company? Are they a business software company? It's a little bit tougher to qual- you know to qualify, right? Anyway, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Apple's going to report earnings on July 20th after the close. That's just right around the corner. I own shares of Apple. That's 13 days away. And they expect to see earnings per share upside in the quarter. And probably what we'll see is some conservative guidance for September 2010. Keep in mind, Apple does something 
It's called Under Promising and Over Delivering. It's UPOD. So it's better than OPUD. OPUD is overpromise and underdeliver. Wall Street likes underpromising. So 1 million iPhones from the June to September quarter due to product transitions. Um, you know, obsolete phones. So pushing those out. The iPhone 4 supply constraints out there. So even though they've got this incredibly bad antenna problem, people are still buying the heck out of the iPhones. Now, 8 million units of iPhones uh, probably for the June quarter iPad, probably 3.2 million. Mac, approximately 3.2 million. iPod, roughly 9.5 million units. So the iPod's still selling incredibly well. Most price targets now have been moved from 325 to 350 Some as high as 370 It's $250 stock. And of all the data metrics that I see on Apple, it's the, the Macintosh units that I want to see go higher. iPod's cute. iPad's cute. iPhone's cute. They can sell more hardware. That'll sell a lot more software, much more profitable for the company. Um, And again, difference between $0.99 for a song, $99 for office software. Let's go to Mike in Saratoga. Hey, Rob. Um, I keep hearing you talk Prop 13, and I, 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 like myself, am looking for some more revenue for the state. But I just came from a house with with a guy with Prop 13, but... I'm unwilling to do anything with that to give whenever I hear anybody in the state or the legislature or the school stuff say, well, we got to cut everything out, but we can't touch one third of the budget, which is mandatory for for illegal immigrants. And I just don't mean uh, Mexicans. I mean, everybody is on the system. So why do we want to extract more money from Prop 13 to give more free money to these people? That, that That's a big problem with me. And, and just before you... So I'd like to give you a little example of Half Moon Bay. We used to have school buses there. They got rid of the buses because they said it was too expensive. Now all the buses are back, brand-new buses, 12 of them, and they only pick up the immigrants at that low-income housing and farms, and nobody else is – but that's, that's something that can't be cut. So why people aren't screaming and yelling about that, I mean, but they're not. They're willing to say, well, that's just the way it is, and let's go, let's go get Prop 13 and give these guys more money. Um, you know, they, they can rent from the state. They can get up to $2,000 a month, and they Mike, only pay $250. Mike, name me one person who's saying, let's give immigration more money. Name me one person what? Name me one person who's saying, let's give it give more money to legal immigrants. I, I see it all day long. No, tell me one. You're saying that I, you're putting words in my mouth, first and foremost, which I, I'm offended by. I'm saying let's let's phase out Prop 13. I'm not saying let's get rid of it. Let's phase it out. Okay. So we've promised it. Let's deliver on the promise, but let's stop the silliness that it is. So, and let, let's stop the sil- let's stop the silliness of letting people pass it on to their children. That's silly. Let's stop the silliness that corporations. I agree it can be phased out. I just want to see again. Yeah. I'm a fireman. These people are abusing the state, whether it's the firemen or the state workers or everybody with their retirements and everything. Yeah. I do not want to see that money keep going to, from them. If, if they want to phase out Prop 13 and get rid of a lot of other stuff, that's fine with me. Right. But I, I just don't want to see them keep giving more free money away. I mean, I heard them complaining about the schools the other, the guy, other day, and they bypassed right over the fact that, well, a third of the budget we can't touch because it's a federal or they need to stand up and fight against that. I, but nobody wants to do that. They'll just want to bypass that and keep giving free money out. I'm more or less – yeah, you get – 
you're, you're catching me in a, a flaw where you say keep giving free money out. I don't think anyone in the world believes that, Mike. I think we have a flawed system. I think we need a line item veto. I think we need to change the way our state is structured as far as who gets elected from what districts. I think um, there's so many flaws. I mean, there's so many easy things to start to fix that we see, but can't be done because two-third majority is needed um, or supermajority. Already know that they've been doing that over the years. They keep on doing it. The yeah. state's totally in debt, and they keep on giving out. There's 300 new spending budgets. So I don't know how we're going to get rid of these people. Yeah, he... um, they just don't. They just want to keep. And when I when I have a friend who owns a house in in East Palo Alto, and somebody calls him up and says, "Look, I can rent that out for two thousand, kick the other people out." I, I mean, and, and and the landlord gets the money sent to him directly. Right. This has been and it's going and it's getting worse and worse and worse. So. They're not going to stop it. You're not going to vote these people. I mean, I don't know how in the world we do that. So everybody's answer is let's get more money from Prop 13. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. And thanks for the call, Mike. I think what you're going to see in this November election, I think you're going to see a lot of angry people. Um, People are angry with the deficit. Now, we see a ballooning deficit. Who's going to pay to reduce that ballooning deficit? And probably the right answer is the middle class. That's the way it's always been then pushed around or pushed down, so to speak. You can't really tax the poor. They don't have the money. You can't really tax the wealthy because they'll set up and leave. So typically it's the middle class who pays for the taxes. Now, you're looking at Europe right now, and Europe is big on austerity. Europe is big on cutting welfare programs. Europe is big on cutting promises. I think you're going to see some states fall into line with Europe this year. I think you're going to see some elections go towards the Tea Party. Um, I've recently been watching the HBO special John Adams. Great, great little miniseries. And it, it just it strikes me as like, wow, our country really has gotten way off from where we started. So we were freaked out that the king sent you know tea to Boston and said, you can't get tea from any other source. you got to get it straight from England, and here's the tea tax. And that tea tax is going to go to pay in for the war that was very expensive. Uh, we protected you. For, uh, England protected us from the French. So that tea tax, it, 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 we were very angry about that. And again, I see more and more of that happening. I think we're going to see a shift. I think liberals, if they were to start going out and seeing the programs that their tax dollars are funding, they would see massive amounts of wastes. They would see superintendents in school districts making two, three hundred thousand dollars a year, where I would kill for two to three hundred thousand dollar a year job. So I think you're going to start seeing a little bit more push towards conservative. I think you're going to see a little bit more push towards fiscally conservative. Um, Obama wants to, you know, it. Line item veto. He wants Congress now to he wants to say no and say take this pork out. That's one of the things we got to kill on a national level as well as a state level. It's the pork spending. It's just it's it's grotesque. So and we had a line item veto and then Supreme Court said legally ah eh, that's not that's not acceptable. So president can't have that power. So we're trying to figure out send it back to the Congress. Anyway to revote. I don't know. It's, I hear your frustration. I, I think. Blanket statements like we're giving money away to illegal immigrants. It's silly. It's silly. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Coming up right around the corner, I got some uh, stock market update and emails for you as well. Rob Black and your money, 910 AM, your exclusive home for Fox News Radio. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on the Bay Area's exclusive home for Fox News Radio, 910 AM. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Oh, we're just doing a little Prop 13 conversation. 
I'm not a big fan of Prop 13 for the basic of math. When it was promised homeownership in California wasn't what homeownership today is. When it was promised the cost to running California wasn't what the cost is running to California today. Things have changed. I think we need to look at everything we spend money on as a nation. I think we need to look at everything we spend money on as a state. And I think we need to look at everything we spend money on as a city. For instance, the city that I'm from, San Carlos, has recently said, you know what? We don't have a rainy day fund, and we're going to outsource our police department. They're going to use the sheriff's department from San Mateo as their police department. If that's what they got to do, that's what they got to do. I think it's, it's not the right answer. I think they have to look at everything they're spending and make tough decisions. So to me, one problem about Prop 13, and I'm going to say this, and I'm, I mean this lovingly, too many damn old people in the state. Too many old people driving. That worries me. When I come up 280 and I'm passing too many people that, that really shouldn't be driving anymore, but because they have a right to drive, they drive. Uh, but when they kill people, we go, oh, they have a right to drive. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Looks like we got an email or two to get to. I'm gonna sit right a little Heidi time. Hey there. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for asking. Nice. Uh, yeah, we got a couple emails here. Let me kick it off with Paul, okay? Okay. Paul says, hey, Rob, I would like to know if having 10% of my portfolio in a commodity exchange traded note, namely DJP, is a good idea. And then he goes into some detail here. I'm 38 years old and I have my portfolio of 380 grand invested equally in ETFs tracking 10 asset classes. I've recently been rethinking the commodity portion of my portfolio because I have learned that an exchange traded, traded note, unlike an ETF, contains a credit risk. I saw an article saying that the prices of commodities have been flat for the last 30 years when you factor in inflation. So then he asked three questions tied to this. You want me to go into those? No, no. I, I think we got enough. Okay. I think the gist of this to me, Heidi, was that Paul's got $380,000, a lot of money. He's self-managing that. I'm a little bit leery of that. He wants to do a 10% bet on one theme, which is notes, i.e. IOUs, tied towards commodities. I like the commodities. I like the notes, but it's too much of a weighting. So I'd say half that, maybe 5%, and that'll hedge a falling dollar, and it'll also hedge inflation. It'll give you exposure to, con, uh, to, infl- it'll give you exposure to inflation if inflation does come along. So I would say maybe half into a, a DJP, but maybe another half into a hard assets ETF that is not not tied towards loans and not tied towards lending um, and currency risks tied towards that. So I'd say that's a little bit too much tied towards the notes side of commodities, split it in half at least, if not a little bit more than half. Educate me, the layman. Um, DJP, what the heck is that? DJP is an exchange-traded note, and it's like buying a bond fund of commodities. Um, so it, it's tied towards the cash that, that secures commodities. So it's not tied towards the commodities purely. It's tied towards the cash transactions on them. So it's a note versus uh, the stocks that are inside of it. So DJP actually stands for the Dow Jones UBS Commodity Index. Um, a similar play, if you wanted to do it, would be like a... a, a Maybe a, a Wisdom Tree Dreyfus Emergency Emerging Currency Fund or a, a S&P a Gold Shares Fund, ticker symbol GLD. Maybe a hard assets ETF like HAP, which is tied towards hard assets, HAP, HAP, hard assets. So um, those are some ideas, but yeah, yeah. 
And that was from Paul. Paul. Thanks, Paul. I Thanks, learned Paul. something there. Um, the next one is from Sam. Sam says, Dear Mr. Black. It's a very formal. My wife will be retiring in two months. She's worked for 30 years. She has an option of receiving monthly payment of $1,600 or a lump sum of two hundred and forty grand. If she decided to take the lump sum, she could use those money. Could she use those money towards a Roth account? Will she pay taxes on the lump sum amount? And will she be able to withdraw monies periodically if she needs it? Can you give us some advice or help us make a choice? Thanks respectfully. Sam. Yeah, the, the 1600 monthly. Basically, his wife's retiring from a public employee kind of situation. And he's got the the option of taking sixteen k monthly, and that's probably adjusted for inflation every couple of years. So that's eighteen k per year. The question is, can you live off eighteen k? That's the conservative side. So building a case for him on the far left is eighteen k per year, sixteen k monthly. On the other side, taking a lump sum of two hundred forty k, are you good at investing? That's a big question that you have to ask. And can you grow that two hundred forty, say, to a million? A million dollars would be able to pay you $40,000 a year, similar to that 18000 So you would need about 14 years to grow that 240 into a million. So do you have that 14 years? Uh, if you want to grow it to, say, half a million, then you're looking at about 20000 So the rate of return on the, that, that, that income, the 1600 a month, is about 8% if you take that off the 240. So that's a pretty good rate of return. If you can afford to live off of it, I like the safety of the 1600 annuitized versus the 240k. Let's go invest it as I see fit. If you can't afford to live off 18k per year, you have no other option. So I know he had, you know, this is just his wife, and this is going to be her pension until um, the day she dies. You know, adjusted for inflation, that's not a lot of money. So I would say continue working, continue funding that pension, and trying to get that number up as high as you can. So it's a pretty good return based on what you could take out the 240. So I would say uh, there's your two cases. If you could live off 18k, your far left choice is your right one. If you can't, then the 240k. If you're a good investor and you have some time and you could live off your income, or she can get another job then you would roll that over. There would be no tax consequence for rolling it over from the pension to a self-directed IRA. And uh, you'd need you know, somewhere between 10 and 15 years to let that grow to a million dollars for you so you could have a, a higher payout in retirement. So there's your answers. So I got an email, though, Heidi, almost, it's, it's strangely enough for you. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, says, no. It says, hi, Rob. Heidi's playing Farmville? No. Say it isn't so. <laughs> oh, oh, why did gosh. you have to ruin my Heidi fantasy? She's a liberal extremist. I can handle that. She's from the Pacific Northwest and wears Jesus sandals. I can handle that. She probably smoked some weed growing up. I can kind of like that. But she plays Farmville. That's where I draw the line. What's next? Star Trek conventions or Burning Man? Is she a Wiccan? Which they're trying to say, are you a witch? Um, I hope so, because it just doesn't matter anymore. Thanks a lot. Oh, that hurts. That hurts, Mike. It hurts. So what's I'm, up with the whole mafia wars? My heart is y'all? broken. I, I need you to stop this. I need you in a 12-step program. These are the world's worst time drainers tied towards Facebook games. You're absolutely right. But do you know what I can say about that? They're all sort of formatted the same Yeah. in the sense that you have... You get an account of monies or grain or, you know, if you're in the mafia, you get money. If you're Farmville, you get grain. It's it's actually really interesting to me, the kind of life. I know this sounds cheesy, but like the life lessons that it might teach one as far as like managing accounts, preparing for, um, you know, you need.
need to uh, plow your crops. You need to water your crops. You need to. It actually, in weird ways, it does apply to real life. So you're telling me you're learning business lessons. I know that that sounds retarded and it sounds cheesy. And I'm not saying I'm learning business lesson. I'm just saying there are useful things okay. about these games and the way that they're structured. And you can t- you can take away some stuff from them. And I know that I'm a dork for playing them. Okay, that's said. I how, know. Do you f- how do you feel about being some guy's fantasies out there? Like well, this, apparently, I've blown a the fantasy. fantasy. Well, you blew the fantasy for sure. <laughs> but you probably just picked up a Farmville. You probably just picked up a, a Facebook fantasy for some people. Well, I guess I lose one and then I win one. So we're all even in the end. You know what I would advise you to do? Have a kid. You've got too much time on your hands if you're playing Farmville and Mafia Wars. Have a kid. I know. So maybe volunteer something like at a shelter or something sometime there. Do something constructive. I know. And you you don't have to broadcast these things about me on the air, sir. I do because you're part of the show. You haven't figured out. We don't have the budget of Glenn Beck. We don't have the budget of Armstrong and Getty. So... You and I have to figure out cute ways of keeping people around, and the, the cheap Heidi fantasy works for you're me. You're just so. like picking on me. No, I don't. I think you're top notch. Thank you. Okay. Um, let's do one quick statistic, because I love my statistics. Manny Pacquiao, he is, and if people want to email me, drop me an email at rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Uh, Manny Pacquiao, he is a, a great, great boxer. November 13th is his rumored date fight Floyd Mayweather in Las Vegas. Probably going to be at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Now, it's a Saturday night. To get a hotel room that Saturday night, it's 260 bucks. If you get a hotel room a Saturday night before that, it's 180 bucks. A hotel week, a room after that, 180 bucks. So, ultimately, MGM Grand is saying, we're, we're putting bets on our own rooms. So, they've raised the price of the room for that weekend. And I find that kind of cute because it hasn't even been announced at this point in time. Oh, oh, if you get a chance today, watch the World Cup. Germany's playing Spain coming up at 2.30 Eastern time. So ratchet back the clock to about 11.30 our time, the last half hour of this show. Go to lunch, get a couple beers, watch Germany, watch Spain. I think you'll have a lot of fun. Yesterday, I was uh, able to watch the last 30 minutes of the, the, the Dutch going to the finals. And uh, that was a, an exciting game, to say the least. Second half, uh, every time someone's... The ball would touch their foot. People got juiced. Rob Black and your money coming up next. Headline news. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.